This is Being Better, the podcast about the science behind mindsets and practices that make us happier, wiser, and healthier. My name is Julia Spohr, and I am your host. Join us as each week we break down scientific research and bring you true stories of people from all walks of life to help you make better decisions that will shape your tomorrow. Did you find your way here okay? Okay, great. Welcome to the show. I hope your day is going amazing so far. And if it's not that, this podcast can make you feel a bit better, more relaxed and inspired. And if we are talking about inspiration, boy, do I have an episode for that. So as you probably saw from the title, this week's conversation is all about movement therapy, embodiment, intuition, about releasing anger in a healthy way, about letting go of our egos, and also some scientific and physics facts sprinkled in there as well, which if you have been listening to this podcast for a while, you will know that this is my favorite combination. I mean, I could discuss the science behind practices that make us feel better, more aligned and connected just forever. I mean, I don't even have to sleep or eat. I can just feed off of these conversations. Um, But yeah, conversations require two voices. And so the one that you're going to hear in a moment is the voice of an amazing teacher and a truly beautiful soul, Mari. So Marie Janicek is a movement teacher and guide helping people in the physical and online space discover the powerful potential of movement to then introduce positive change not just in our physical bodies but our mental, emotional and spiritual health as well. She is a visionary dedicated to revolutionizing our understanding of movement so that we can experience, you know, it's joyful and empowering effects that you have been probably reading and hearing about for years in self-help books, scientific journals and interviews with athletes so we can experience all these amazing benefits more easily and effectively. In 2018, she launched this thing called Movement, a podcast to begin changing the conversation around movement. And in 2020, she founded her own business called Ivona to help share her personal movement teachings and methodology with any and all who wanted to explore a new way of moving, feeling and being with their bodies. So as she scales her vision, she continues to work one-on-one with individuals who want to tap into the potential of movement and their body's intelligence to create more harmony and beauty in their lives. So as you might expect, I was super excited for our conversation. And also before we started our discussion, we were just chatting and exchanging our podcast preparation routines. And Mary shared that she likes to get still and grounded before diving into the conversation. And I thought that that was such a beautiful practice and just a great idea. And so I asked her to, you know, get grounded and mindful together. And luckily, I was recording that. So now, at the beginning of the conversation, you will hear Mary's voice in a very, very short guided meditation that will help put you in the right mindset for this entire discussion. So I don't want to keep you from listening any longer. So please enjoy Mary Janicek. (music) 
can you want me to lead us both together? <laughs> yeah, sure. All right. So let's go ahead and begin by just closing our eyes and gently bringing our awareness deep within the body. Feeling the breath flow in and out of the body. And tracing all those subtle, nuanced sensations that are thrumming within our cells, radiating through blood, through bone, through muscle, through organs. And just feeling all of that automatic, innate, intelligent communication that is rippling through the body giving ourselves this moment to join that innate intelligence, to appreciate it, to tune into it, to be with it. Taking a slow, deep, rich breath in, feeling a subtle surge of that energy and on the exhale, slowly making our way back into opening our eyes and appreciating the space, appreciating this special moment in time as we forge ahead in our conversation today. Yeah, I mean, that was beautiful. I think I need to use it as my like new ritual. I think it brings like me as a very stressed out uh, host that I'm just always thinking about what is going like wrong and what is something that I missed. And yeah, so yeah. I think this is a nice uh, way for me to be more grounded. And I think also for the listeners to just kind of, I don't know, get into the right space. Yeah, because when, we, when we're coming together for these conversations, we do have an intention, right? Both as the host and as the guest. We, we want to share things that feel true and powerful. And for the listeners, there's an intention coming into podcasts as well, which is to be enriched in some way, to be inspired, to feel empowered. And when we all come together and give ourselves an opportunity to feel for that, even in the small nuances of our body, we actually sort of set the tone to be able to attract that forward in the coming moments. Yeah. I mean, I'm super excited to uh, talk with you all about that, all about, uh, I guess, grounding ourselves and feeling our body and actually for a second noticing all the sensations and all the little nuances. So I am super excited uh, for uh, our conversation. I feel like I can learn so much from you. And I think this is like my favorite way to connect to people, you know, just the transfer of knowledge and of like science facts. This is like my favorite way. I feel like there's just kind of this, right, this connection. And I love that. Mm. Me too. That's the same reason I started a podcast. I realized I was having so many powerful conversations in my networks of people, and I just sort of realized these need to be heard by more people. Yeah. Um, and I th and I and think it's nice to like savor them. Yeah, I think there is something magical about like 
having a conversation recorded and accessible in an archive, so you can return、yeah. to it. And every time you go back, you'll pick up something different. And it, it's a timeless form of information exchange, right? Once it's out there, it, it's there as long as it's up there,、um, which. Who knows? Maybe it is forever. Maybe it's not. We don't know the direction the、yeah. world will take us.、In. I mean, maybe there is like going to be a、uh, hundred years from now, or maybe that's maybe let's say three hundred years from now, there's going to be like some archaeologists and they're going to like discover our recording and learn about what we were doing. And I mean, I don't know if we're going to be like a very reliable source of information. So, well, let me just give you like a. Brief summary. Basically, we're living in a pandemic for like the third year. This is like a third year. Oh my god, it's a third year. I'm that scared. Yeah, this March will be the th- year three. It's、yeah. wild to think about.、Oh、my gosh, it's like what is time? Okay, let me not get into <laughs> that right now because I think like <laughs> the past couple of episodes have been like just my existential crisis and just、mm. uh, talking about how. Everything is actually,、um, you know, like reality is not real. Like everything that we think is true actually is not. Like colors do not exist. Like sounds do not exist. Everything is actually kind of fake, and just、um, everything is the everything that you are looking at is just like a mirror for your own、uh, person and your soul. And I just, I think that might be just too much for the listeners for like the fourth. Episode in a row. <laughs> well, I mean, you're speaking my language. I think something I always find challenging, especially being like a movement and embodiment focused teacher and coach and visionary. It's it's a very strange place to at the same time like have. Um, my own personal spiritual awareness and practices, and my own understanding of the world, being informed by something like quantum physics,、yeah. um, and how like reality is perception,、yeah. and everything we feel as real is real, and then in that we have this ability, which is incredibly magical, but challenging to learn how to harness and、yeah. master, which is to. Create, and instead of just letting things happen by default, and and continuing to put our intention on the same things that are maybe not producing the experiences we enjoy as much, to take that leap into the unknown of if I start to look and. Perceive things differently. If I、yeah. actively put my attention elsewhere, if I change my emotional tone and resonance with things, and I pay more attention to that, then I start to shift the reality.、Um, but it's it's an interesting juxtaposition because at the same time, you know, we experience reality as so real, and、yeah. so much of our world pushes us into that place. And for me, this is especially fascinating with the body. Um, it's something I've researched within myself, and then been observing from like a research mindset with all the people I've worked with, and seeing even in this idea of like how real is reality and our、yeah. ability to actually change it, how that comes through 
in relationship to our bodies, even the physical makeup of our body. And I actually was having a conversation with a client of mine this week who was asking about nutrition to like Mm -hmm. lose weight, to get, you know, into the body she wants to have. And for me, it was wild to notice that when I started to change the thoughts I had around my body the and start to pay attention to the emotional content mm. of like exchanges I had with my body on a moment to moment basis in response to thoughts in response to situation when I started to change that and I made that my priority rather than the workout or the yeah. nutrition or like the the physical stuff when I changed the energetic quality and tone in relationship to my body how fast my physicality shifted. I would have days where I had like a period of sort of feeling negatively about myself and feeling gross about my body and Mm -hmm. having a lot of those um, not not appreciative thoughts. thoughts. Like I'm fat and I'm ugly and, and which I'm not. And I knew, but then I started changing how I felt in response to my body and I would would choose to shift that conversation like all right this is where you are right now but I love you because you take care of me in all these ways that I cannot see and I cannot begin to process with my conscious mind I know you are innately intelligent infinitely intelligent and I just you know I would find those opportunities to just love the pieces I could authentically love and I would have these experiences where like three days later, I would even get on the scale and the number was different or my clothes fit differently after just less than a week of trying to shift the thoughts. Mm. And I've done this multiple times over in my relationship to my body. And it's interesting to see when people are dialed into that emotional tone of their body and they mm. prioritize that first, how quickly the reality shifts around them. Yeah, I mean, perception is such a funny thing. Like, like coming back to what you said about, you know, quantum physics, you know, what I've, I'm by no means an expert. Um, I just read that there are some subatomic particles that act differently when they are being observed and when I, when they are not being observed. And this also like changes your, changes your own understanding of what is reality. If what we Mm. see when we look at it and when we focus on it is different than when we just do not pay attention to it. And I think this whole thing is so nuanced, but, but as you said, our perception at the the end of the day is the only thing that we have because since reality is basically there's no such thing as reality and if it's all um, subjective then our perception how we view things how we approach um, other people our life our existence our our bodies our movement the only thing that we have at the end of the day is what we choose to see it was what, what we choose to feel and I think I am I'm not saying that, you know, your anxiety, your depression uh, is something that you chose. I'm just saying that there is something um, within our brain, uh, within our mind that we can work towards shifting. And I'm not saying it's easy. And um, sometimes uh, there are some people who definitely have it easier because, you know, of their natural serotonin levels or, uh, or some things of that sort. However, 
there there is power to how we view and approach uh, the world and i think there's something beautiful in that actually i think yeah this the premise of like bringing quantum physics into the equation of you know you create your reality it feels more empowering in certain circumstances and for certain people than others but i think even if it's not empowering to you in the moment there there's actually something really beautiful in that offering even though you may have a set of circumstances around you that don't feel good that feel like they've been imposed on you it's it's a really tough pill to swallow when you are dealing with things like anxiety and depression and i have been in bouts of serious anxiety and depression through most of my life i've probably had three or four different periods when those were at such a high level for me that I actually get suicidal and I've never mm-hmm. acted on it because I have a a healthy level of like the layered awareness of myself especially into my later years but you know I've been at the point where the emotions I feel and the sense of divide between where I want to be and what I experience what I'm actually experiencing in the moment is so great that I feel I cannot possibly continue feeling it anymore which is like mm-hmm. where the desire to end it all it's not about like ending my life I really want to end the feeling because yeah. the feeling is too much to handle and I know in those moments when people will sort of say like oh well you create your reality and you have control and you feel like you're not in control but I think there is something beautiful in that moment because you can actually you start to realize that like in some ways there there's like a level of how we tune our attention and it sounds simple like where you direct your attention is where energy flows and that creates things But it's so much more complex than that because to actually be discerning of where you put your intention takes a lot of mastery and it takes a lot of work because with our evolutionary biology, we are animals who rely on patterns. And fundamentally speaking, from a biological standpoint, your body will always prioritize patterns. Yeah even if they are patterns that are not good for you. So I think what oftentimes happens with anxiety and depression, and I've seen this in my experience many times too, is after a certain period of time, I maybe have not been as deliberate with my attention and my thinking. And I let it slide just enough that those things start to sneak in. And if I'm not trying to nip it in the bud early enough... It'll just gain momentum. It'll gain traction. And that patterning starts to create a system that my body wants to hold on to. And so by the time you're in those lower cycles that are really tumultuous and feel really, really bad, it's a much harder place to turn that needle because there's so much momentum there because over time, that intention, that attention and that focus has continued to perpetuate in that cycle. And I think it's why a lot of times when you're feeling really bad, like it's really hard to move out. And then on the flip side, when you're feeling really good and you've ma- managed to sort of spiral things into a good place, it feels like it's going to be like that all the time. For me, 
the most powerful piece of sort of like connecting the dots between physical reality, which like is real. Like we experience it as very real. And this yeah. idea of infinite potential, you create your own reality is understand these, these concepts of patterning and momentum and understanding the more momentum something has, it's just going to take a lot to change the direction of it and to allow myself the place of just moving that needle a little bit at a time because I'm not going to be able to close the gap immediately, but to do the small shifts I can when I can and to even allow myself to find those shifts in thought and feeling that are even just one notch up on the emotional scale, like maybe from going going from being depressed to being angry. Yeah. And, you know, this has been for me a huge moment, especially in the course of the pandemic, because I realized as a more depressive and anxious type of person, the reason I spiral into that state more readily is I do not allow myself to express anger. And this is where movement was really helpful for me because that was a space I could express anger through my body in a safe way and not get admonished for it. But I think our society does not allow anger, but we do allow depression and anxiety. And For many people, depression is anger turned inward. So instead of having anger that you can metabolize, it's anger that that you reflect back on yourself. And so for me to even recognize that anger is an indication that I'm moving up, that I'm trying to change the trajectory of that downward spiral and move it, it upward was really powerful to let my anger be, to let myself feel it, to let myself find healthy places to express it, Um, not necessarily at other people, but even just to say I'm angry and have that conversation with someone Um, or to move with the feeling of anger, whether it's a walk or a run or flailing about in a studio by myself or just screaming into a pillow. But finding those little shifts, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) those little shifts, um, I have found to be really powerful. Um, and for me personally, they've they've helped me make sense of these worlds that in many ways feel so contradictory um, and impractical sometimes, right? They feel wonderful to sort of intellectualize. And then when you're trying to put them into practice, it can be a really nebulous area. And I think that's something I'm particularly obsessed with. Like, how do we take these esoteric metaphysical principles and actually use them in a practical physicalized I mean, way this is basically like the premise of this show uh which is like you know taking the science behind practices and mindsets that help us you know become happier wiser and healthier so i mean this is like you're the perfect guest now uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it comes comes back to also like physics, you know, the uh, momentum and uh, patterns, you know, uh, bodies at rest, stay at rest and bodies in motion, stay in motion. And it is hard to change that. And, you know, it just we, we have these patterns in nature. And also this is how we act. And it's hard to break the cycle um, because, right, it's just it is physics, but through those little little changes, um, I think right, it is it is possible. And understanding ourselves through science, I think, is this is something personally very important for me, because um, 
I don't know. I think I've struggled in the past with like advice that was like very ambiguous. Like, I don't know, love yourself or, you know, listen to your heart or, or something like that. And, and I never understood what that meant. Um, and so there were some cases in which I think I was too trusting because I didn't understand what was going on and when someone like gave me advice so I trusted them too much and that ended up badly for me and so right now I am just um I don't know I have this very deep appreciation for um like a more empirical approach um and I think only through that we can understand what is going on within and this is something that I think um also every kind of practice that makes you feel better like you said moving um which can help you with that anger turned inwards I think this is also by the way a beautiful definition um I mean beautiful in that cell way of, of depression um because um I don't know I think I've heard it uh once before I think from Conan O'Brien actually which is like an interesting person to hear, hear about that but I think right this it is anger and anger like at our own selves and with movement um we can we can help that and science can can explain that with you know a lot of just like different chemical reactions that are happening in your brain and your body when we move um and so okay i just want to unpack all of that and i think just start with the basics because you are um such an expert on moving and on how it like changes basically our entire life you know as 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 perception um movement is something that is relevant to everything that we do and so Mm. i i think i wanted to just to ask like the biggest and basic question uh why movement is so important for humans just you know apart from the basics that we know about the circulatory system uh why does it have such a transformative effect on all these different areas especially for those people who have maybe neglected that part of themselves for for a long time well this is a the big question and it has a really big answer um what one thing you mentioned as you were leading up to this question is sort of the principles of physics like an object at rest stays at rest object in motion stays in motion and i started I haven't finished this book yet a really fascinating book it's called quantum gravity um, but it's basically talking about the evolution of scientific model into understanding our world um, being able to understand what matter is being able to understand what gravity is even like Newtonian physics and then how much of Albert Einstein's research had to reevaluate yeah. that concept of physics in order to be able to understand, atomic function and to be able to get into quantum physics and and how these two principles that seem opposite this book really seeks to explain how they are not opposite and where each mind missed a piece but found something else that actually allows these two worlds to coexist and so i actually don't believe that the phrase an object at rest stays at rest is really true Mm. i think motion is always in play movement always exists because energy even when you slow down as a 
as a person, right? There's Mm -hmm. actually a lot that is still happening. And this is why the practice of meditation is such a big deal. It's such a vast space that can be accessing so many different parts of ourselves and explored through so many different avenues because there is actually an infinite world within stillness. There's infinite movement even in the slowing down. And it's this interesting inverse principle where we start to discover how things are always in motion. Even an object that seems at rest, within it, all that energy is still moving. All Mm. the, the pieces that make it that solid object and even the dynamic of gravity pulling on that object to keep like there's so much yeah, I mean, motion the, happening the in there. Atoms are always moving, right? The temperature is just atoms moving quicker. Movement is life. You know, in the first iteration of my podcast, the first twenty some episodes, this was always a question I would ask guests, like, "What is your definition of movement?" And by far the most common answer was, "Movement is life." And I find it really fascinating that most people. When you ask them that larger question, that is their answer. They see it as this really powerful force. Mm. But in our society, we do not organize ourselves around valuing movement as a powerful force. It becomes an afterthought. And I think there's so many pieces to this where... In some ways, the development of technology and computing software and the internet, it's provided us so much opportunity. But as the creators of our reality, as you said at the very beginning of this episode, everything in our reality is a reflection of ourselves. And I think even the creation of computing software and computer intelligence, artificial intelligence, the internet, it's all been created through how we see ourselves, which we kind of see ourselves as machines still. And this is really the beauty of, I think, the internet as sort of the next level of innovation, because the internet is actually very similar to the quantum field. It's this ethereal space. Nobody can really explain (laughs) how it works, but we all use it and we all believe in it. And we have no problem finding our access point into it, whether it is through a desktop application or an application on our phone or through a video streaming service on our television set or or a GPS system in our cars. Like We believe in these invisible signals that relay all this information to us, and we're happy to work within these systems without actually understanding what's going on within the internet. And I think movement is very similar. It's this, it's this ethereal field, this space that cannot really be described, but that holds infinite information. And unlike the internet, right, which I think is more developed through a computing model right now, so very mechanistic, movement has more of an organic and an intuitive and an innate intelligence approach. There's something about movement that is inherently spiritual. And I don't mean spiritual in the sense of like a specific spiritual belief or religion. Mm. I mean spiritual in the sense of of going beyond the self, going beyond the identification of me as this gender in this body with these belief systems and these likes and these dislikes. It's about going going into a felt space that is within your body and beyond your body and learning to experience 
experience physicality through this sort of within and outside of ourselves layering. And the more we enrich that, we are enriching a deeper understanding of what it means to be a human being, what it means to be evolving and expanding in terms of our self-awareness, our self-development. And it's so much richer than just like the physical capacity of what you can do. And I think this is where people miss the boat on what movement actually is doing because we're so obsessed with this physical parameter, which to me is one tiny dot on the on the, something that's like the size of a world. It's like one grain of sand in relationship to the earth. This yeah. focus on like like the six pack and the biceps and how much <laughs> I can lift and how fast I go. It's such a small dot in terms yeah. of like what's actually possible versus when we're really plugging into movement as a way to feel ourselves, to feel the world, to start to get more sensitive to the nuances of emotions and energies and feelings and sensations. That space, when we're using movement as a technology to access that, access that sort of space, this is actually where we are finding that marriage of reality and sort of more like mechanistic chronological space-time continuum into like being able to dream and and sense out possibilities and and future visions for ourselves before they actually materialize and whether you're looking at things from a more metaphysical like meditation oriented approach from a more scientific approach from a more business like entrepreneurial visionary <laughs> approach this is the this is yeah. the commonality in all of these realms right is to be able to see something believe it and feel it before it occurs and the body is such an important place for that and you have to have spent time excavating the signals of your own body of really exacting your own discernment and getting to know the unique language your body holds because it's there is no there's no common language like the sensations I feel how would I ever know that you feel those same sensations so it's our responsibility to get acquainted with the signals the emotions the nuances of that within ourselves and the more we're tuning into that we'll start to feel how it's actively responding in all the moments of our lives in every exchange, whether we're talking, you know, relationally in romantic relationships or in familial and friendship circumstances, in career circumstances, what decisions to make in terms of do I say yes to this opportunity or no? Or do I stay at this job that is, you know, depleting me or do I go? Because our body is actually always giving us all these signals, but a lot of the time we're not tuning into it. And more importantly, in a world that has been built off of Newtonian physics and sort of in some ways doesn't really want to deal with the quantum model, we've been conditioned to believe that those signals don't matter. And we are... We are brought up to squash them, to disregard them, and to not pay attention to them. And I really see a direct correlation between the spike in anxiety, depression, stress, 
overload and like all the mental, physiological, psychological issues that are at a high rise in our society right now, I feel are directly correlated with this inability to actually listen to those signals. Yeah, to like feel what is being felt within us and to listen to it as important and to act in service of that and to like realize that when I feel poopy in an exchange with someone, like that means something. I can't rationalize my way around it as to like, oh, like, like I, that this is normal and this is fine. Well, yeah, having an emotional and a visceral response is normal, but it's telling you something. And so are you taking the time to understand what is being said? Do you walk away from that experience and actually go back into your body and discern what was being said and then through the matrix of what your body is communicating, understand what it's trying to tell you? And if you haven't spent time in your body feeling those sensations, if you haven't been exploring movement, and again, movement can be active or it can be still, It the, both of these things are on the same continuum, whether you're meditating, whether you're dancing, whether you're running, whether you're walking. But the point is, is like our focus is in the wrong place, um, mm. which is like the just about those physical is, things right. rather than what is happening internally for me. And if you can prioritize that, that's where you're actually not only just getting that physical development, but you're enriching this massively important part of the movement ecosystem, the human animal, the human consciousness that fundamentally we are all here wanting to experience. Like that is that is the key element we're searching for when we're looking for empowerment, conviction, you know, a, a strength in the sense of self. Mm, I think it's connected to the fact that right now, I mean, these days when all these like anxiety, depression are spiking, I think we are, we stopped approaching ourselves and thinking of ourselves as these, as, you know, as bodies, as animal. We are, we, we think that we are, we are not animal, that there are humans and then there are animals and we are somehow different from them. We are somehow superior and I think through that we develop this or actually not develop our relationship with our bodies just is suffering and we do not feel in tune and we do not spend time on right feeling the sensations and and feeling and, and listening to the, all these different cues like you you inherently you know what to eat what kind of diet is right for 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 you you know that you are stressed because right your back is stiff and you know you have all these different cues but we we are kind of like we don't hear them and then we ask different people to give us advice on those different problems but at the end of the day they will not know personally what is happening to you and therefore that advice will be inadequate and that will make you somehow suffer and I think it's really interesting what you said that you know movement is inherently spiritual in the way that it it leaves the identification the ego out of it because right right I think when you move you you forget for a second about you know I am Julia I am a woman I am this I like that I I I identify in those different ways um because at the end of the day I think those 
identifications are just attachments that keep us um, that hold us back um, and and I, th- I I don't know what it is but I think dancing is this nice way because when you dance and when you turn off this anxiety of how do I look right now when you are able to mute that which is hard and uh, what has worked for me is just to wake up um, and instead of just like going for my morning run I would just put um, headphones in and just 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 move just put some Brazilian samba and just and just move Um, and in those situations where when you're just free and not overthinking about what you're doing and if this movement is socially acceptable I think this right this very like spiritual um like connection sort of happens because you no longer feel that gender that ego um and you are you just have fun and I think this sense of fun and bliss and excitement and the energy yeah. I think energy is like the perfect word because you feel like your whole body is buzzing um and I think that can lead you to just a more a, a deeper appreciation of this whole existence right because this is a beautiful and miraculous just coincidence that we are all here conscious of our own thoughts and our own existence and if we are going to take full advantage of that i mean we should have fun and we should feel that bliss and if movement is what allows us to let go of these anxieties and egos and how do i look how i'm perceived and and i'm not saying i have that figured out because i still struggle with that and i have been diving deep into that in the past couple of episodes where i talked about how i recently noticed that there is a lot of self-doubt that I have that maybe stems from the fact that um, I've been maybe not surrounding myself with um, the best people recently because coming back after lockdown, I've been spending time with people that maybe I would voluntarily not choose to spend time with. And so there is a lot of that self-doubt and I think movement um, Mm. and, and meditation and just kind of making sure that you have that you, you you are in tune mm. with what is going on um just it just makes life more fun maybe it's like sometimes it's not pretty when you do it and sometimes a lot of like ugly um ugly thoughts and emotions can 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 rise up from that but mm. when you deal with that life is just more beautiful and yeah. at the end of the day this is what we want well as you're talking there's like two main points that come up for me um Number one, I I think there's a there's a big misconception around following intuition. And there's this visual or this dialogue around intuition where it's usually described as you follow your intuition and everything <laughs> falls into place. Yes and no, because when you actually start tuning into your intuition and following it, it's going to start breaking apart the patterning that is not good for you, that your body and that like this greater sense of yourself, um, both mentally, physically, energetically, like even spiritually on a soul level, what you're really craving from life, that starts to sort of take the wheel. And it means 
it will often start disrupting those automatic patterns that your reptilian brain, your evolutionary biology, has become reliant on. And so, a lot of times, when people start following their intuition, they get the hit, they follow that signal, they act on it, and th- and that pattern gets disrupted. And from an evolutionary standpoint, when you break that pattern, your body, as like the old self, starts freaking out because it relied on that, so it didn't have to like do anything different. <laughs> and so you're moving in the direction of something that's good for you, but it starts feeling bad, and it doesn't necessarily feel good. And what's happening is, as you start breaking that pattern, biologically there's a death occurring. So you're in a death process, and in that death process, there's a big reorganization. There's a big redistribution of energy. So it's very chaotic internally, um, from a mental perspective, from a self-connected perspective, and you know, even like it can feel like a lot of anxiety and upset and turmoil emotionally because there, there's just reorganization happening, and. The, th- the challenging thing with following your intuition is I think we need to change the conversation and understand that when we live in a world, this is sort of my second point, that devalues the body's intelligence and, dev- and doesn't orient itself around prioritizing the power and the value of movement. If we are actually tuning into our bodies and our authentic signaling and we are listening to that, oftentimes it means we are flying in the face of patterns, conditioning systems that are telling us to be a different way. And from the human animal standpoint, that's a very scary thing to do. That's Mm. a huge gamble because historically you had to be accepted. The problem is, is that our societal acceptance factors limit our well-being, our health, and our flourishing. And we actually live in a time where to allow yourself to be your authentic self is more accepted than ever before. Mm. Now, we're not fully there yet. There's still more things we need to figure out as a society and a collective to allow each individual to be their authentic selves. But historically speaking, this time you have the most permission, resources, ability to do that. However, (laughs) this evolutionary biology holds us in those old patterns, and then the societal conditioning will also trap us in those patterns. So So I think it's really important to share that when you are starting to take this journey, it does not feel good, but you're going through a really essential alchemical process, right? You're walking through fire. You're crossing a river to find your way towards something that actually is going to service your highest good. Mm. But to understand that when you follow your intuition, it's trying to lead you down the path that will shatter those patterns because it knows if you can shatter them, you can build something better for yourself, something more sustainable for the unique individual you are. And I don't feel that that conversation gets had enough. And so then there's this misunderstanding around what's happening with intuition. And I just want to say this several times over that following your intuition doesn't always lead into experiences that feel good. Mm -hmm. But I think most of the time, and I'm not going to say 100% because 
you know, I, I don't know everything. I'm not omniscient. But I would say most of the time it's leading you into the experiences you need. And if you have developed this relationship with your body where you're willing to be with those emotions in that turmoil and really listen to and suss it out, it's going to give you powerful foundational framework to then be more decisive and more discerning in the structures you build for yourself as you go through that transformation process, mm. right? So in some ways, the turmoil is the blessing because you can start to see this I don't like and this feels this way for me. Well, if this feels this way, what would feeling good feel like? What does the opposite side of that show you, right? Like maybe I don't like to be around these people because they're not they're not really inspiring you know, powerful thought within me or powerful inspiration. Well, what would it feel like to be inspired by people? And you can already start to sense that in your body. Then when you're starting to have those touch experiences, like within that chaos, within that transformation, you'll know it'll, it'll hit you so hard, so powerfully, you will, you will know without a question, like, aha, this is where that scaffolding is reforming. And here I am finally moving into the version of myself, into the kind of life I'd been dreaming and actually allowing myself to create it. Mm. But, um, yeah, this, this process of, of using movement, of feeling into ourselves, of, of then listening to those energy streams. And I also want to say, that when we are paying attention to the movement within ourselves and the movement of energy, that shows up differently for everyone. What really excites me and sort of lights me up in my system, in my human animal to feel alive and vibrant is not going to be the same for every person. And so the experiences and the choices I make are all going to be inherently different to support that lighting up, that aliveness. Mm. And I do think when we're talking about sort of the paradox of physical reality and sort of like energy, quantum, spirituality, oneness, like I think life is one of the most spiritual things there is because we get to feel the full expression of life energy that you can't possibly feel when you're in complete oneness. And it is the separation. It is the distinction. It is the contrast of things sometimes feeling really bad and then sometimes feeling blissful that allows us to feel what life and its full expression of aliveness feels like. And so the more we can get into our bodies, the more we can actually experience all the variety there and amplify all sides of the spectrum and then have appreciation for the greater whole. I mean, this is like this concept that you, um, that you like introduced your thoughts that, you know, we have these two instincts. The first is intuition and what we, uh, what our body tells us. And then we also have that instinct to be accepted in the society. And those kind of sometimes can, um, can be at face with each conflict. other and conflict. And I think through thousands and thousands of years, you know, we were not able to focus primarily on that intuition because our primary focus was to, was to be accepted because that was like our only assurance that we could survive. And right mm -hmm. now, these days, even though a lot of things are 
hard in our current time, we have a privilege to decide uh, to listen more to that intuition because we are not so dependent on other people in society to tell us what we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to focus on. And I think this is this is um, something that we do not often focus on when we talk about, well, our times and when we talk about if, you know, living in 2022 is, is hard and like society is bad. And I, like, to be honest, I do not think that our times are bad and that humans are, you know, worse than they used to be in the past. I think we are very similar. Actually, I've been reading some like, um, ancient philosophers works and actually we have the same problems and the same thought patterns and and we may assume that we are like somehow better and improved but we still still struggle with the same things but right now I think what is better these days is that we actually have the choice to kind of um, be more immune to those societal standards um, because right we do not have to uh, think about you know um, finding a partner with whom we can have a lot of babies and then have a lot of friends that could raise those babies. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is uh, an amazing privilege of our times. And 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 I sort of, I would like to segue more into then how we can we can choose um, to to improve that intuition and how we can move and and I wanted to ask you what is your process of movement therapy so let's imagine that you have a, a client that that struggles with with how they feel in their own body how they feel uh, confident they maybe suffer with anxiety maybe a bit of depression so um let's say you have that client what are the steps of movement therapy that you would introduce in that kind of uh, case oh such good questions um in terms of how i approach using movement as a tool um for self awareness development enhancement and fulfillment um, it is when working with individuals, this is like such a highly individualized process. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think like the comparison I would make is like your average trainer that you find in a big box gym, the level of individualization they have is maybe on rung three. And mm-hmm. the level of individualization I'm trying to cha- attain, not to say I'm better than, but because mm-hmm. of the the things I'm it's bringing in is like a level of 20. Um I really try and hear like what like when someone approaches to me there's usually a specific like generating force and it's coming from a specific arena of their lives. For some people it is more like a physically oriented thing like I like I want to I want to feel stronger in my body. And some people have a greater awareness of the connection between their psychosomatic uh, arena of their mm. their selves and their their mental selves, their emotional selves. And some people are a little less connected to that. Now, I I really enjoy stepping into work with people who are connected to the psychosomatic component because I can get so much deeper, so much quicker and and really sort of what I'm interested in is in finding the fulcrum point, that one like core piece within someone that is the 
is sort of holding the energy a little more stagnant or interrupting the flow and seeing if I can get that piece to move so that things start to click into place, both with the thing they approached me to fix, but more importantly, to start actually pulling on the threads of the other things Mm. that they fundamentally care about because it is not a linear process. So I, I usually try and get a sense of like, what, what is that motivation? And then depending on the person, I, I sort of ask about like what the emotions are around this thing. What are the thoughts? What are some of the fears, like worst case scenarios? And then, and then I test out like, can this person see themselves in the solution side of this equation? Can they, do they have the capacity to feel themselves in the space where this issue is addressed and resolved and and they have the fulfillment factor. If someone doesn't have a clear feeling of that fulfillment factor, it's a much harder and longer journey. But if you have that nugget, if you can, if you have that felt sense and you can foster it, the steps along the way don't matter as much. Um, And in some ways, it just takes way less work and intervention to actually get there. So I use I use a combination of of movement strategies and protocol amassed from my experience as a dancer, my education as a personal trainer, all the subsequent education that I've been diving into, both through my personal experience of talk therapy for seven years of like being an avid student of meditation and quantum physics and and just sort of trying to aggregate from as much of these different worlds sort of a hybrid movement process that that will speak to what's going on for this person and and it's mostly about finding resonance for each individual Mm -hmm. like which when I say something and I can talk about a movement and tie it into the specific sort of element that they're looking to work with or through and show them how this movement is actively creating change and motion in that energetic area. If they see it and I see the light bulb go off like in their minds, if they feel it and I viscerally can sense their body is already shifting in the doing of that, that that's sort of how I will use movement for people. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it requires a lot more physicality than others. And I will say that for me, what's um, been such an interesting paradox is, yes, I, I love exploring really visceral, large scale movement. Like I love I love dancing, but I don't even call what I do dance. I call it intuitive movement. And I'll usually describe it as like flailing because mm. If you watch me, like I'm, sh- I'm sure it looks beautiful from the outside, but to me, it's like it's like chaotic. It's all over the place, but it's it's that freedom of, of how I used to sort of phrase this, like giving no fucks. Because if you can get into that yeah. space where you don't care what anybody says or thinks of you, and you're just doing because it's like, oh, it just feels so good. Like that's a yeah. magical place you to have be. No more fucks to give. But I often I find that. Like, that's not a space most people can access, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't have a sense of trust mm-hmm. within their unique system. So I have to start really slow <laughs> and I have to start really simple to, like, start creating a, a foundation of this baseline of trusting the body and trusting feeling into the body and trusting 
listening to the body. So a lot of the most powerful work that I see like exhibiting the most enormous effects is in like doing softer, simpler, slower movements. And again, it's about taking our focus from those external results orientations and bringing it more internal. And if people can devote themselves to this for a short period of time, this most often is like that important fulcrum that shifts you from linear sort of physics-based lot of time and effort I should say a lot of effort over a long period of time into sort of quantum leaping where you can make exponential shifts very, very quickly with way less effort. Mm. And it's because you're, you're tuning into the nuances of the energy of your system and your body always wants efficiency. Like that innate intelligence within you doesn't want to be stuck in patterns. Like it knows it wants to move beyond those. Mm-hmm. And if we if we give ourselves permission to listen to that and trust it, trust that slowing down is actually speeding up. Mm-hmm. Um, that like not being productive and effortful all the time, it, like that actually leads to breakdown because we aren't machines. You know, we are conscious, multifaceted, multidimensional beings. Like mm-hmm. even in our physicality, so this this slowing down. And, and getting to know the nuances of your unique being and developing that language. Mm. While it doesn't, like, again, if someone comes to me and they don't really believe in that, I'm not going to work with them. Yeah, <laughs> I'll refer them to someone else impossible. who's who's willing to do that thing, right? But for me, this has been the most powerful thing in my life. I've watched it work powerfully for so many other people. And it's especially delicious when like I watch and witness someone tap into that and they start to see the power of it and they watch it influencing all these unexpected areas of their life and they can experience life with way more vitality and trust and joy and even when conflict comes up conflict doesn't isn't an issue anymore because there's an understanding like ooh there's there's something being awakened for me an mm. opportunity is unfolding one piece of my structure is falling apart so I can rebuild it and and that that just like lends to a life that has an entirely different feel an entirely different tone and yeah, and it, it allows for that unique expression i think it is Uh, maybe counterintuitive again just like you said slowing down is speeding up and it's also counterintuitive for us to to see the value of uh, being uh, still for a second and also in this way it's also counterintuitive but movement introduces peace and 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 that sense of calmness and stillness uh, within ourselves and this helps with relationships with work whatever it is and I think I've listened to like on I think in one of your episodes you said that you are able to pick up on how a person is um is doing or like pick up on it on their energy and and vibrations uh, based on the way they they like hold themselves based on the way they like stand or, or or just like move and I think that is so interesting and if you could like share some insights uh, based on like what do you usually focus on and how if you like if if it's like just like intuitive or you like focus on like different parts of 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 how they hold themselves so I think 
I, the more I sort of examine this for myself, um, I think it, it follows the trope of like, the more I learn, the less I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my so God. like in I terms had, like, of a me. whole episode about that. So I feel like there's like this connection right now with you. I feel like we're on the same vibe and I fucking love that feeling. I just, I <laughs> well, love that. you know, I think I used to describe like, oh, yes, it was like in how someone holds themselves. But I do think there's this element where I'm I'm a kind of I'm a channel for information. We all are. Um, and I know channeling is like a controversial word. And I, I totally respect and understand that some people will not drive with that. And that is 100% okay. Um, but I think we are as humans are like actually receivers of like this innate intelligence that we're swimming inside. And as a mm. unique individual, we get to sort of receive specific subsets of that information um, in, a, in a specific perspective and lens. And that's like where sort of the beauty of the richness and diversity of human life comes through. Now, Yes, I I think there is a part of my subconscious mind that is that has always been able to read movement in a very high level way where most people didn't. And because I've always had such an intimate relationship between movement and emotion within myself, and as a dancer, like a lot of my work was being able to express movement and tell emotional stories through my body um where you know, most people don't have that, that I, I had I always developed this very intimate relationship between the body and feeling. And it's still a huge theme for me, clearly, as I'm talking about intuition and the power <laughs> of listening to our emotions and sensation yeah. and how like that internal movement is the greater movement. And this is really like the key piece when mm. it comes to our physicality. But I think there's also a level when when I'm watching somebody, whenever I'm with people, I'm trying to put myself myself in their bodies. So it's through watching them. It's through hearing the tone of their voice. It's through the words they say. All of these like subtle nuances. And there's even an energetic component where I can just really mm. feel so much of someone's experience without them necessarily saying anything. And yeah. I think this is what allowed me to be so dialed in as a as especially as a coach in one-on-one settings i found it kind of challenging in group settings because i was taking group energy so to sort of try and harness a group is like a much more difficult thing than to dial in one-on-one i can be much more specific one-on-one and in the one-on-one setting because i can in some ways like put myself in someone's energy field and really feel all of who they are. At the same time, I can be more nuanced to the downloads uh, and their relative access to this higher innate intelligence within themselves. And from there, I'm trying to notice which pockets are flowing easily and which ones are not. And this Mm -hmm. allows me to be even more nuanced in terms of what dialogue I'm using, what references I'm making for this person because I'm trying to find the things that resonate that I know will lead them to where they fundamentally want to be and even just using the language that's going to make sense for them because some people are more spiritually oriented who I work with so I can really like 
use the full vast resources that that I、mm. love playing around with. But with other people, I have to be more specific. I have to be more scientifically oriented. I have to talk more through the lens of physicality of the body. But I'm trying to find those streams that are going to. That are going to find the resonance for them to feel that aliveness,、mm. and and start to sort of plant little seeds where I can in, through like that lens to help them see this bigger picture in the capacity that they're ready for. So I don't. It's a very difficult thing to describe,、mm. um, and like in some ways, like I'm realizing like. Maybe, maybe, like I can't actually describe it because I'm starting to realize there's so much more going on there.、Um, but I think it's a it's a such a tremendous honor to be able to feel into individual experiences this way,、mm. um, and especially if someone has enough awareness that they're willing to to like be open and and to allow me in in many ways. Like that's such a It's such a magical space to be able to like feel someone's energy streams, and then like gently sort of nudge them up into、mm. the upward swirling vortex, and and help sort of guide them into staying there more often and just rising higher and higher,、um, in the like equilibrium、mm. of their life. I mean, it's a lovely talent to have, and we are all talented in some ways, and I think、uh, this allows you. To help a lot of people, and and、um, I mean, I will certainly never know exactly what you are experiencing. However, I I think to some extent we all know the feeling of being with someone and feeling their energy and feeling how they feel about themselves.、Um, mm. I have my own personal like theory based on、um, while、well, studying a lot of psychology, and that is that we all of the things that Uh, we do that are unkind or just bad or negative towards ourselves and towards others, and maybe like gossiping or just being unfair or just like being very like arrogant. I think all negative,、um, maybe a bit unethical、um, behaviors stem from insecurity. Um, mm-hmm. And if we do not like ourselves, then it's inevitable that we are not going to be great with other people. And so I think when、um, I don't know, this is something that I am picking up on. Is、um, I think I've am learning to know if someone is is true when I am when I speak to them, or if their kindness is maybe a bit fake. And and I. Probably am not as good at that, and at picking up on what kind of feelings they have towards themselves as you.、Uh, but I think this is a very nice、uh, practice because through observing others, we can also learn about ourselves, right?、Um, and so I think this is oh, is such a beautiful practice. Well, you know, you hit the nail on the head. We actually all have this ability. How conscious we are of it—that is the. Part that varies、yeah. because we fundamentally recognize right away when we enjoy being in someone's presence and when we don't,、yeah. and we also fundamentally know that like when someone's really confident and assured of themselves, we start to feel that too. Like that energy affects us, and that's why we want to、mm. be around them. That's why certain people are so charismatic and magnetic because when they're in that stream, it it sort of helps us through like. A, a very real biological phenomenon, emergence, right? 
everything in our world, there are multiple examples of this, how birds move together, how schools of fish move together, how humans link up with one another. There's so much of our world that gets energetically determined before our conscious mind actually dips in. And it's when someone is really insecure, like everything about their energy will start to reflect that. It'll change the voice. It'll change like the sound vibration, which we will also recognize like different tones and nuances in how someone vocalizes than any any Mm -hmm. word, even the same word actually says more about what's going on with them than the word itself. And so that is something that we register subconsciously through our bodies before our conscious mind actually can connect it. However, it will affect the choices we make, whether or not we want to spend time around that person or engage with them. Mm. And the and even how they hold their body are, are all sending signals around that too. So it's how we make decisions for who we want to be friends with, who we want to learn from, who we want who we want to be attracted to, right? Even that mechanism of attraction where we're, we're talking about um, romantic, you know, like significant other relationships or friendships or possible mentors. All of this stuff is being modulated through these subtle signals and it all has to do with how is that person feeling about themselves and we're actually picking up on it all the time and we're making decisions from that there's there's so many fascinating studies about you know even in terms of career and hiring process within companies you would think the people who are most qualified get positions it is never the people who are the most qualified. It is the people that the interviewers enjoy being around the yeah, most. That is, and it's often like the decision is made within seconds of seeing, yeah. you know, the interviewee. Yeah. So how you feel about yourself matters. Mm. And I think, you know, taking the time to put the horse before the cart, <laughs> mm. um, which right now many of us do it opposite. We're trying to do all the right things to, like, get our life in the right place. Well, What if we took the time to reorganize how we feel within ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, how we feel in all these like subtle nuanced details moment to moment? Because when you can bring that into the right organization and you can start to really feel good about yourself, about your life moment to moment, that is where that attraction starts to come in. And then opportunities start to come in because Mm -hmm. it starts working on this fundamental biological but even deeper than biological it's energetic right which energy is something that determines biology and it's something we all operate from whether we're aware of it or not so Mm -hmm. if you can harness that if you can learn to prioritize yourself and feel good within yourself first it changes everything but to cycle back to what i said earlier Learning that process is inherently disruptive and it doesn't necessarily feel good all the time. And it may especially not feel good at first. Mm. And that doesn't mean you're wrong. That means you're changing. And so even that practice of learning to be with that change and be with that discomfort is such a powerful foundation. And if you can learn to cross that first river, all the other sort of changes you'll encounter will be easier and easier in every cycle yeah and we've made a full circle and i think this has been such an amazing conversation and i hope that everyone listening feels as inspired as i am right now um it has been i really love these kind of conversations like this podcast and and me meeting people uh, such as you it's just 
I think it's just a enriching experience and this is why we are all here to write transfer that knowledge so I want to thank you so much for coming and for sharing your experiences and, and, and knowledge. Thank you Julia I have to say it's it's always such a wonderful treat to be invited in as a guest to these conversations and I appreciate it so much and I also want to say thank you mm. because this is the first time I've gotten to sort of talk about movement through this lens mm. um, and it's it's a lens I'm really passionate about and I really love and I, I love the connection between this mm. idea of like reality versus non-physical reality and I, for me, this is the sweet spot that I'm always inspired by, and it and it means so much to me that you're excited about it too. Mm. And I was able to share I this mean, really intimate part of myself here today. I don't know how about you, but I feel a deep sense of like I don't feel fully satisfied. I have a lot of questions and topics that I want to dive more deep into. So I hope that we can do like a follow up on this conversation. Um, because oh, I, would I think love this to. is a very nuanced, uh, very nuanced like topic, and there are a lot of things that I would like to talk about. Right, like you mentioned, relationships, and just also like our relationships with our bodies and and, and confidence, all those different things, and also movement meditation. Um, so I would really <laughs> want to do a follow up, um, and I'm sure that the listeners will want that too. I I'm at game anytime you want to <laughs> chat. Um, I I agree. I think some of what I've highlighted here is is an umbrella, and there's so much in, under mm. this umbrella. So many specific through lines, and I think like finding a way to not only talk about the larger part, but then get into some of these clearer threads and details, yeah. just helps shape like the greater understanding too. So. For those of you who maybe felt a little bit overwhelmed, hopefully we can find ways mm. to sort of clarify these big level principles into more tangible and practical yeah. ideas and practices. Um, so if anyone listening, and I'm sure many people are interested into learning more, where can they learn about you and your work uh, in the online space? Well, I, as I was talking about following intuition <laughs> and being in the turn of upheaval, I'm on the far end of the creek right now, so I'm in the middle of my own transition process, but um, I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, and so this is something I actually have decided to move into more so mm. that I can actually develop a greater understanding for how to how to share this in, in a more democratized model, like mm. through something like an app or through a platform. Um, and so you can find me at Marie Janicek on Instagram. I also need to revamp my personal website, but currently www.evolna.com. And you can always email me directly too at Marie <laughs> at Evolna.com. I really love chatting with people. I really love getting to know people. So if anybody has questions or you're just like, you know, want to talk about movement in yourself, I'm always happy to hold that space. Um, mm -hmm. And then as we mentioned, I have my own podcast titled This Thing Called Movement. Um, it's I've not been as consistent as Julia in the last few years, but hopefully we'll be able to scale up to that. <laughs> and I just share my passion for movement and like yeah. the incredible technology of movement through as many veins as I can explore through experts, through 
average human beings who are discovering the magic of it for themselves in their own way, and just trying to shed more light on an area that I think gets diminished and devalued in ways that limits mm, us. Beautiful. So with all of that being said, thank you so much and hopefully see you soon. Yes, looking forward to it. Mm-mm-mm. You know, this was just one of those conversations, the ones that make you inspired and energized and just motivated to introduce positive change in your life, to rethink your relationship with your body, with your thoughts, with your identity, with your ego. And I just, I love those and I hope that you feel the same way. So I am so thankful to Mary for coming and for sharing her knowledge and ideas. Also, I forgot to ask her at the beginning of the episode because we just started with all those big topics. And so I forgot to ask her about the recommendation of the week. Um, but she did mention the book Quantum Gravity at the beginning of the show. And she said that she really liked it. So I'm going to make that the recommendation of the week. So as well as all the links that lead to Mary's socials and just websites, all of the links and the book will be in the show notes. So you can go there, check it out, read the book Quantum Gravity and just become educated because this is the goal, right? So yeah, that is the interview. I hope you enjoyed it. And when it comes to the inside of the week, I did it. I have started a TikTok. So This might seem random for people who are just new here, but if you have been listening for a while, you know that I have that internal conflict when it comes to starting a TikTok account because I, on one hand, I want to spread the word about the podcast and about what we are doing here, just these amazing conversations, just as this one. But I was also, I still am um, conflicted because... I don't want to really support the platform. I think social media and more platforms is maybe not the things that we need right now when it comes to, you know, our mental health and our anxiety and also the polarization of the society. And there's so many negative aspects of social media and especially TikTok. I think there's a lot of just toxic content out there. And so this is why I was questioning if I want to contribute to the platform. And some of my friends were convincing me that, you know, you're just going to create content and educate people about mental health and maybe that they should limit their use of the platform of, of, of TikTok and maybe you'll just introduce some concepts that will positively influence their lives. And I was thinking, yeah, on one hand, that's true. However, me talking about the nice things and providing content will just keep them coming back and therefore use the platform even more. And I was thinking about how, you know, basically what you put out there, even if it's just talking about that we should limit social media, is going to only contribute to people using more social media. But then I realized, okay, but I can just apply that to anything then. And when it comes to like our attention, no matter if it's a podcast, if it's a book, if it's whatever, you are putting things out there and, and contributing to that industry that is paying off of people's attention. And I was scared to contribute to right that attention consumption however I realized that well 
I've been doing that for a couple of years now with the podcast and with all my social media. And if I really want, if I really believe that, then I shouldn't be a hypocrite. So I'm either, you know, doing nothing or like just continuing. So I just decided to maybe just leave all of my anxiety out of it for a second, put it all in a box and just close it up and put it in my closet. And my anxiety is sitting in my closet right now. So please don't open it. Um, and decided to just go and try it out and see and treat it as if it was an experiment and so yes i have made a tiktok account just for the podcast it's not a personal one i have created a couple of ones um i mean it's mostly just clips from the discussions uh, maybe i will start doing something more personal and with my face on it we'll see and my first initial reaction is that holy shit it is a very like stimuli intense platform like when I entered and I saw all the different videos just like flashing very quickly and all the different sounds and music and people screaming and doing flips and like there are so many stimuli I just felt a bit anxious um, and I can see how it is addicted because it is like a dopamine bomb however it just seems like a lot I really had to like uninstall it five minutes after I posted everything I wanted to post because it was just too much plus I'm not intending on using the platform like watching things I am just intending on creating content and just seeing where that leads me however I feel like it can be stressful. I mean, for me at least. I am a highly sensitive person, so fair enough. I am stressed when I go into a store and when there is too many people out there. But I don't know, it just felt for me a bit too much. Maybe I'm just used to the old school, you know, Facebook, Instagram type of social media. But yeah, it seems interesting. I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying that TikTok is inherently bad and that it's something is wrong with it because I know that there are so many creators out there who are very inspiring and there are a lot of science communicators out there. So there are a lot of amazing people who create amazing things. I'm just saying that I don't know if it is a place for me. So this insight of the week is just me communicating that I have started that experiment that I was talking about for, I think, like six months. Um, and yeah, we'll see where that leads us. And I will keep you posted. Uh, by the way, you can let me know what you think about TikTok. What was your experience? What is your experience? You can always send me an email at podcast.beingbetter at gmail.com or you can dm me on instagram it's at beingbetter.pod so you can let me know what are your thoughts also i think you can dm me on tiktok i hope that this works that way as well i feel so old right now because i don't really get how the platform works yet but i think you can message me there as well so i guess that that is how that works so let me know what are your thoughts about the whole topic of today's discussion and also about tiktok whatever you want to tell me just hit me up please take care of yourself and if you can of someone else too and i will speak to you in the next episode being better is edited and produced by julia spore you can learn more about the show and about other work over at our website beingbetter.info and the Instagram is at beingbetter.pod. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by word of mouth. So if you can, 
please tell your family, your friends, and what the hell, also tell your enemies. You know, we don't discriminate on this podcast. So tell them about the show, tell them about why you like it and about why you like the incredibly amazing and very humble host. You can also share it on social media platforms and if you tag us, we'll make sure to reply. Thank you so much for joining us today and I'll speak to you very, very soon. 